0: Welcome to the second Motor Mouthing Podcast, the sequel. If you didn't hear last week's episode with Tiffany Dell in the Audi RS7, then you can still get it on iTunes and on podcasts.com. Or you can listen to this brand new one where I go for a drive and have a good old chat with Ralph Hosier. Now Ralph's an engineer primarily, He's built race cars and he's built lots of unusual vehicles, which we'll get on to talking about pretty soon. He's also a journalist. He's written for mags like Evo and Practical Classics. He runs the training wing for Mission Motorsports, who are the Armed Forces Motorsport charity. And this year he had his own TV show called Supercar Mega Build, which is on National Geographic. We actually recorded this conversation way back in February before Supercar Mega Build had even aired. And in fact, we talk about how it's about to come out on TV. But because it's taken me so long to get this online, it is now May, that info is a tiny bit out of date. But I'm sure the show still being repeated or you can find it somewhere if you want to check it out. So here we go with Ralph Hosier and his car. <laughs> Ralph's sitting next to me right now. Hello. At the wheel. Good He's evening. Doing 25 miles an hour, which is within the speed limit. Um, <laughs> so, hi, Ralph.
1: Hello. Uh, hello, hello. 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 And welcome to my car. Well, thank you very much. Tell me about the car. Well, this is a '93 Jaguar XJ6 Sovereign. Mhm. More importantly, it was only 500 quid, and it goes like stink. Wow. And I think that's a billy bargain there. It smells slightly of old gentleman inside. But apart from that, it's a brilliant car. You've got your genuine walnut. Mm-hmm. You've got your fake leather dashboard. Yeah. Well, Quality plastic, that, I think you'll agree.
0: Height of 90s luxury. Absolutely,
1: in there. We've got actual leather seats with real cracks in. It's got everything you could want. I mean, it doesn't actually go around corners. it Sort of wallows a bit, no. skids a bit. Well, it's more uh, of a
0: straight line straight lines, barge, it's, isn't it? It's
1: fi- well, actually, it struggles with straight lines a little bit as well, to be f- perfectly honest.
0: So, it wants to corner when you're going straight. Yeah. And it wants to go straight when you're cornering. Sort of, yeah. That but, I mean, you know, it
1: shows it's got character, it's got a will of its own. and
0: It's it's a delight to drive. So, this is 23 years old or uh, thereabouts.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's 500 quid. Yeah. What's it like to drive, apart from not being great in it's the It's like
1: driving a car, but a it insider. can do this. Are you ready?
0: Ralph's got his foot to the floor now, still within the speed limit, I think.
1: It's a speed limit, not necessarily this one. And that's the sound of a straight six? Straight six, four litre, 230 horsepower at the moment, but I'm sure we can do something about that. Okay, I'm thinking turbo. Turbo, Yeah. one turbo. Yeah, they did a supercharged version of this, but I'm I'm Mm. kind of feeling that I might want to put a big turbo on it. Doing that TV series for National Geographic, we did a thing with the, Nissan GTR. And that yeah. was a 3.8 six cylinder yeah. with a big turbo or, or pair of turbos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got that up to 950 horsepower. Wow. So I'm thinking, well, here's a four wow. litre six cylinder. Yeah. I could either get a huge amount of power out of this car or just blow it to pieces. <laughs> and there's only one way to find out. So do you want to keep it street legal or do you want to Oh yeah, very you want to
0: keep it street legal, but <laughs> you want a lot of power?
1: This this is my daily commuter, this is what I do the school running really yeah my son loves this car he thinks it's brilliant
0: any problems so far oh
1: lots yes lots Okay. Um, it had a duff battery when i got it all the tires were perished and one fell apart oh they're not really problems they're just that's wear and tear yeah there was an earth stud in the engine bay that had corroded off the bulkhead so the engine wouldn't start the ignition system was faulty the headlights didn't work These are minor details so the plan is a daily
0: drive that is monstrously quick. Is it going to be a sleeper? Would you describe it as a, your vision as a sleeper?
1: Well, the beauty of this is it's dark green and it's kind of boxy. It doesn't, if I take the badges off it, a lot of kids today will not know what this car is. I know it's got a certain anonymity to it.
0: Does it have any, because I mean, one of the cool things about buying an old luxury car (laughs) is old bits of technology. Oh yes.
1: Well, the rear map lights that come out of the, the rear pillars there, you yeah. pull them out and twist them and then they come on and they're sort of boxy things. They look like the engines out of a Star Wars fighter or something. They're quite cool. In mm. fact, all the lights are cool. The switches are big, chunky light switches. Yeah, there's some great big uh, 80s, got a, you've got 90s one switches. There you see, and then you've got a light up here, which I'm demonstrating to you. You can move from one side to the ah, other. So
0: we've got a map light here that can either be you can swivel. positioned for the passenger or yes. the driver. You can't both yes. read a map
1: at the same time. Well, well, one of you would be driving, you see.
0: Yes, so it would be bad to be reading a map whilst driving. Well, then why is the map light able to point at the driver? If you That's park and you want to
1: examine your sandwiches or something, I would say
0: <laughs> probably. Do you get excited by the idea of buying old cars <laughs> that were like 30, 40,
1: 50 grand when new, but now you're getting them for a couple of hundred quid? Oh, you get so much metal for your money. They're absolutely superb. And I do find it quite entertaining. For personal enjoyment, I will quite often just Cruise through eBay Motors for cars mm. under a pa- thousand. You do the same, don't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's one of it's, it's. I'd probably say it's a pastime of mine. Indeed, it's a great way to relax. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes I bid on them. Do you ever
0: do drunk bidding? I've a friend I who does to. drunk bidding. I
1: mean, uh, nowadays I don't drink at all. I haven't drunk a drop for about seven years. Right. But okay. I used to enjoy quite a lot of alcohol, and uh-huh. <laughs> I, I actually had a sticker on my computer which says "Do not bid if drunk," right? Because there was an incident, and I've still got the eBay ad. <laughs> I was saved on my computer somewhere where I accidentally bid on a jet-propelled milk float. Really? Yes. I got outbid. I woke up on the Sunday feeling a bit blurry thinking, I've got a vague recollection I was on e... No, I can't. I've done. And then logging on and getting a bit worried. How much did you bid for it? I th- about £1,000 or something around. Wow. So you get a jet engine for that and the milk float. The jet engine was mounted in the milk float already. That's that's quite a cool thing. This
0: is quite a windy road, isn't it, this one? This it's I think there's it's windy and there's quite a lot of road noise as well. It's a very pretty spot. We're in Cambridgeshire today. Um, Cambridgeshire rural Cambridgeshire. Yes. And there's um where where I um where I met you this morning, there's a little village and there are at
1: least four signs saying no car transporters. There's a reason for that. The village of Kimbolton, it's got a castle in the middle of it, and they've made the road go round the castle very, very tightly, which was great uh, when they made that road about 300 years ago. Mm. But it does mean there's a massive, great wall.
0: There you go. Car transporters. There's another side of Car transporters
1: at prohibited at Kimbolton. At Kimbolton. Uh, and what happened was the old-style car transporters, where the front overhangs the cab, as they turn the corner, the transportery bit over the cab would smack straight into the wall Uh, and punt a brand new car through the wall of the castle Wow! on a regular basis. Uh, The the top deck overhangs so much that they'd mm. go around tight corners in cities and they'd wipe out lamp posts and telegraph poles and things like that, which is why modern car transporters are a different design where the top deck doesn't overhang the cab Mm. but swing out round corners. Right, I'd never noticed that. Yeah, yeah, you see, top trip, you You learn
0: something in it, that's a a bloody good fact. Anyway, I don't know if this is interesting talk or not about (laughs) the uh, SUV access in Kimbolton. Well, it might be interesting Um, for
1: someone who drives an old-style car transport.
0: It might be, yeah. So it's not just cars that get you going, it's obviously milk floats and jet engines and things. I mean, you're an engineer at heart, aren't you? And by trade. Indeed. So what kind of engineering builds do you take on? have you taken on?
1: Well some it. fairly weird stuff in the past, I used to have a, a workshop on a farm mm. and as well as doing cars and race cars and expedition vehicles, occasionally I'd get special things coming where someone wanted something a bit odd, so right. I, I've made a hot dog stand <laughs> with a automatically opening shutter system. Uh, okay. I was a technical consultant on Project Running Blade, which is the first world land speed record holder oh, for the lawnmowers. Mower? Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen that. that how how fast did that go? We got up to ninety-seven mile an hour on basically <laughs> a standard lawnmower with a few tweaks. So that's a ride-on style yeah, lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. So did you get a world record? Yeah, yeah, we were in the Guinness Book of Records. Wow. wow. But that's been broken a couple of times since. So uh, I want to get that record back again, actually, and I want to build a purpose-built land speed lawnmower with a V12 in it. I think that's the logical way to go. Now Just, just to interrupt, this is, this is the corner. You see the car transport, you imagine the top deck swinging out there, hitting the wall, hitting yeah. the castle. So there's, there's a big problem.
0: wall and there's yeah. Yeah. some chevrons on it and a lot of signs. That they dicks. really, really don't want car transporters down here. But if you can make it in, if you can get in without crashing through the wall, you are rewarded with a very beautiful looking village. It's a nice high pingelty, street. Pingelty houses. Yeah, the old Swan Pharmacy. Yeah, um, and nice. a war memorial
1: and a church. Interesting you pick up on the chemist shop, obviously. That's a, a clue to your lifestyle.
0: Well I started reading the sign because it was in that old English ah. kind of the times style writing. Yes. And and I thought it would be something more oldie world. I thought it would be like ye old sweet shop or something, but it was it was, was the chemist. It was the old pharmacy. Okay. Build a lot of weird things on Supercar Mega Build, which is the National Geographic show that you're, uh, you're featuring in. Indeed. And on the
1: 17th of February, it starts in the UK. 17th February. Other dates in other countries. And probably repeated until the end of time. Hopefully. Um, I know I'll have made it when I'm on Dave. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. What was it like doing that project then? It was very weird, and I like weird, weird is good. Mm. Um, it was fairly chaotic because I know how to build cars, but I don't know how to make TV programs. Yeah. And The TV company know how to make TV programs, but didn't know how to make cars. So between the two of us, we really didn't know what we were doing at all, which became evident as soon as we started, but it was great it was fun. I mean, how often do you get to build a Jeep in a shopping center in Mexico? <laughs> or drive <laughs> an Audi never, a ski that's slope? That's never ever happened. Yeah. So
0: the premise is you and it's Ron and Rudra, who's another engineer.
1: Indeed. My okay. old mate. Uh, we old started mate. working together at Ford, Ford Motor Company, uh, 25 years ago. So we've had a long history of making silly vehicles uh, together. Really? What, yeah. what kind of stuff have you made together? Well, we made uh, an electric drag racing Fiat X19. Wow, uh, that's
0: not an obvious place to start with yeah. Either a dragster or an electric car, really. really.
1: I'm now taking you into an industrial estate. I want to show you this because this is, this is quite epic. right? I have no I'm,
0: idea what this is going to be.
1: I mean, we live in a beautiful village in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. And you wouldn't expect there to be an industrial estate. But you'll see various signs up there, various race cars, all yeah, the rest of it. You can see a Lotus Exige yeah. of some sort, I think. Uh, so there's various technology companies up here. That company there, they tune race engines for a variety of different racing cars. Really? Um, Yeah, that one does classic car restoration and and various other bits and pieces. So there's a 1930s Rolls-Royce just poking out the doorway there. There's an old store-mobile or something. Yeah, we've got got that up there. there. That company, where is it? Over there do pre-war Austins. That building there, he maintains uh, classic race cars, including classic Formula One cars. Wow, this is the sort of place where you know engineering this is where it thrives. Uh, absolutely, there's a
0: that's I that's think there's track- a Hennessy Venom down there,
1: uh, the, the little green one. Absolutely right. These are all track day and race cars that they prep. Over there, we've got Jeff Richardson Engines, who makes uh, the classic DFV Cosworth V8s for the uh, Indy cars. Right. Uh, classic Formula One racing, all the rest of it. Wow. The cheapest engine you can buy from him is eighty thousand pounds,
0: and it's, it's all on my doorstep. This is this is shaping up to be a really good day out for me. It's just a We've, fantastic place. It really is. It, it is. So there we go. If you're into industrial estates <laughs> and car work, I think it's a whole new series: industrial
1: <clears throat> estates of Great Britain.
0: You showed me a. I think it was a sketch of this car, the, the Jag ah, XJ6 that we're in right yes. now, because you, you were just buying this car at the time, it was yeah. probably a month ago, and you were thinking of what you could do with it, Right. and I think you'd...
1: Had you turned it into a coupe or something in this in this yes, drawing? Yes, I've drawn a couple of different ideas working out what to do, because I'm inspired by muscle cars. We did a big series uh, episode on American muscle cars, right? Yeah. drag racing in New York State, and I broke a Shelby Mustang. Right, and um, it's not a good idea, no, but I really love that whole muscle car ethos. I'm kind of thinking that this old Jaguar could be a British muscle car, it's got that angular stance to it. It right? could be, yeah, with a bit of work, but it's
0: got four doors, so well, that's what I mean. That's where muscle cars came from. It's it's like your, your standard saloon car, mm. bolt a massive engine in it, put yeah, some mag yeah. wheels on it, or something, and go really fast and really loud. Well, this is
1: it. So I was thinking of taking the Goldfish Bowl headlights out Mm. and putting, like, just black grill right the way across and then quad lights hidden behind that and things
0: like that. Oh, ones that that kind of revolve out. I do like that. When I was 18, I I wanted to do that to a Mark II Cortina. My uncle had a (laughs) Mark II Cortina that he'd stored for... 20 years and he was going to get rid of it and I said I'll take it on you know 18 years old with no mechanical knowledge whatsoever I do Um, and I think the only thing I successfully did was to swap the wheels. I went to a scrapyard and bought some Fiesta wheels, bolted those on. That enabled me to drag it out of its asbestos garage. Uh-huh. But this, this Cortina, the only good thing on it was the steering wheel. Uh, the chassis was rotten. That's like traditional. Um, but I did think I could have that, that strip that they have on mm. chargers and things like that where you've just got a big grill that goes all the way from the left to the right. And then when you want to turn the headlights on, they just revolve Flip out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very cool look. Um, oh, the other interesting thing about you, one of the other interesting things about you. Um, are you
1: suggesting there are two interesting things about me? Uh, I, I find that quite shocking. I think there
0: might be three. I think now you've bought this car there might be three. Oh right. Well, but,
1: that's, that's more the car than me.
0: Well, no, it's it's what you're doing with it and it's your... Anyway, I'm going to get to the point. Okay. You are a freelancer and you build things and you present TV shows and you write things. But you do sort of have a day job as well, kind of. And that is quite an
1: interesting job, isn't it? Yes, Mission Motorsport, the Force's motorsport charity. And what we do there is we help injured servicemen, people who've been affected by military operations, and help them to get a new life, really. We engage them with motorsport so they can come along to a track day or an off-road event or stunt training or something like that get involved either helping you know maintenance on the cars or helping with teamwork or actually driving the vehicles and my bit is running the training wing. so uh, i actually teach them to get a diploma a level three diploma in vehicle Mm -hmm. maintenance and repair which is a ticket to getting a job in the car industry yeah so they get new careers new lives and it sets people up so you come out of
0: the forces you may be damaged in some way. Yeah, and it could be physically
1: damaged. But quite importantly, we look after people who have got uh, mental illness as well. PTSD is a really big problem for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, sadly, it's not taken seriously enough by a lot of agencies. Um,
0: well, not a lot of people know much about PTSD. It's one of those things that yeah. everybody's heard
1: of, but but it can really absolutely ruins lives. Uh, Crickle your it, life. Your whole confidence about how you go about doing things, your ability to do, even everyday tasks can be affected quite severely sometimes. And you look normal so people think, oh there's nothing wrong with you, you know, yeah. and it's easy for people not to give you any help but It's yeah. a whole raft of people who are suffering with this in silence and uh, and their lives are just ruined and it's a tragedy. So we're doing so, something about it, making a difference. And, and that's
0: through building and racing cars yes which is a very unusual step to rehabilitation if that's the right
1: yeah I mean there are other charities that handle different aspects but our our thing is motorsport because it's it's quite an exciting thing it's fun for people and and sometimes they just want to come along and watch and that's fine and whilst they're watching we'll say you know you could you could get involved with this Uh, yeah and they'll say oh well you know I can't do anything I'm no use or whatever I go, well actually you can come on we'll, we'll give it a shot Right, And we coax them out and uh, they start doing stuff, gain confidence, find out yeah, there's there's potential career paths here uh, and uh, it makes a big difference. We've got one guy we helped to start his racing career off, um, he was a a below-knee double amputee. Wow. So he's essentially got no legs, he's got no legs but he's got um, prosthetics on Uh and we went through a big thing with the authorities to make sure that he could drive a car that wasn't modified in that respect, so he drives, he pushes the pedals with his prosthetic legs. That's remarkable. So we've made the pedals so the prosthetics can't slip off easily and things like that, but essentially it doesn't have hand controls or anything like that, and so we actually w- went through the process to make sure the authorities would agree that was a reasonable thing to do. We've done another car for a paying customer who's disabled but not forces, and that helps us to get funds in to actually pay for the other activities we do. And this particular young lady is brilliant young lady, had a spinal injury at a young age, mm. and she's got muscle wastage in her arms as well, so she has, she can't move anything below the waist. We've modified a car for her with hand controls and various other bits and pieces. The roll cage was bespoke that she could actually get out of the car and she races in the Porsche Cup. Wow. So, in an actual championship race. So she's a proper, proper successful racer. racing yeah. driver. Yeah. And there's things like to be able to enter the race, you have to show that you can get out of the car in an emergency within a certain time frame. So we had to arrange the roll case so that she could actually throw herself bodily out of the car. Wow. It doesn't say you have to get out very gainly, you just have to be able to get <laughs> out. You just so, have to get out yeah. of it. We've Caught. got people with like. At no legs, sort of nothing below the hips, and we've had mm-hmm. them riding motorbikes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, so we'll have a team that hold the motorbike upright. We set them off around the test track, and then there's another team of catchers who grab hold of it when they come in again. So you have people who feel really bad about themselves because they can't do the things they used to do. They've had horrific injuries. Yeah. And also, yes, you can do stuff, you know, your life is not over, it's just changed. And it, yeah. it, it really changes people's attitudes and, and makes a big, big difference.
0: Is there something about being in a team? Because if, you, if you're going to build a race car, you need a team and, and a team yes. environment. Is that- um,
1: Absolutely. Well, one is of the that key things- that parallels to the is, army or I, the yeah, armed forces? Yeah, very much so. The armed forces is very much uh, a family. And when they come out of that, particularly if they come out not of their own free will, you mm. know, the injured or- medically discharged, then it's like a bereavement. They've lost their family. And the way they, every industry, every niche has its own language and way of talking to them. So they all speak army. Right, And they come out into the chaotic world of civilian life, which has a different language, a different way of doing things. No one helps you. Yeah. And it's overwhelming, in the genuine sense of the word, overwhelming. And one of the things Mission does is it gives them that little bit of family back again, you know, they they join Mission Motorsport, we'll help them achieve a goal, Yeah. they'll then go off, live their lives, but we will always be there for them, and uh, if they have a wobble or something, then that support structure is still there, people who know how to speak their language, Yeah. the team is there for and them. And
0: people who've been in a similar situation.
1: Yeah, uh, the workshop manager at Mission Motorsport, he's uh, medically discharged problems he's suffered whilst uh, in service. The bloke who actually set it up, Jim Cameron, is uh, quite an inspirational chap. He was a major in the Royal Tank Regiment and he's seen a lot of his guys suffer very badly in, in foreign conflicts and, yeah. and he knows firsthand what's, what it's all about there so it's an amazing bunch of people it's a real privilege to work with them it
0: is a, it is a remarkable charity and i think they've only been going for something like three, three years. years yeah and they have achieved a lot they've had probably thousands is it in the thousands of veterans come through their doors um, or is it in the so in the first maybe? three
1: years of the people we've actually positively helped Made a difference to it's over 500. Over 500. Uh, a lot of people come along and visited and just had a look around, but 500 people have made a, a difference to. They've got involved with one of their sporting activities or something, so.
0: And that's really significant, yeah. especially at a time now where I, I imagine there are a lot of people who've left Afghanistan, yeah, and there are a lot of people returning home or have returned home and are making that adjustment and may have injuries yeah, and yeah, so yeah, on and so absolutely. forth. It's
1: been needed for a very long time. Um, mm. I mean, we've got one guy who's a, a veteran of the Falklands conflict um, Wow! and he was not getting any particular help and so, you yeah. So that's 20 odd years ago yeah, or was yeah, it 30, 30 years, years ago? ago yeah. Gosh. And, and back then, things like <clears throat> the psychological damage of being in a bad situation I mean, he was in a, there was a thousand pound bomb that went off near him and he suffered uh, physical injuries from that and lost a lot of friends. and uh, wow. A lot of bad things happened around him and there was no yeah. sort of official support for people. They were just like, stick them back together again and push them out the door.
0: So it's a rewarding job Very. and a worthwhile job yes, and, and a cool job as well because at the end of the day, you guys get to mess around with weird and wonderful cars and Build engines and mm. go really fast and <laughs> brake stuff and all that, all that good stuff. Absolutely superb. Very entertaining as well as rewarding. I'm going to give you a quiz now, Ralph. Mm. It's quick fire. Oh, all okay. right. Okay. So, big cars or small cars?
1: Big cars, obviously.
0: Uh, would you rather have a shower or a sleeper? Sleeper. Best driving road.
1: A wibbly wobbly one in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in Wales or Scotland. Ooh nice.
0: Favourite motorway service station.
1: What? Favourite oh, motorway
0: service station. They're I've, all rubbish. I've got one. Have you? Yeah. Where? Beaconsfield, M forty. <laughs> it's got, got got every fast food joint you sad that you need. Muppet. It's the one with the pub actually, which I obviously don't go to no. and I haven't been Me to. Me neither. Or there's T Bay, which is the one that's like a farm <laughs> shop. I the like the M6 farm. North. I do like
1: the farm shop ones. There's one, uh, I think, in Somerset as well. Isn't Gloucester, check I, it I out. I almost like that. Mm.
0: Okay. Weirdest build or job you've been asked to do?
1: Hmm. The land speed lawnmower was fairly weird. Mm. Uh, some of the farm machinery I've made is quite weird. I don't know. It's a tricky
0: one though. Every job's weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Favorite size spanner? Probably 13 mil.
1: 13 mil.
0: Okay. If you had a 17 year old son or daughter. What car would
1: you recommend they get? A big one. The further you are away from anything that crashes into you, the safer you are. Is that true? Yes. That's basic physics. You're not going to get around that.
0: Well, having an end cap rating and crumple zones and things help Very somewhat. much so, yes. It's old cars or the new Santa cars? Pod's just
1: over there, by the way. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah.
0: Do you know, I want to go to Santa Pod more. It's brilliant. I love it. We can hear the drag races from our garden, you see. Do you ever go down at weekends and just watch what's going on?
1: Um, Sometimes. uh, We usually go to the big events uh, because they are absolutely spectacular. It's proper redneck entertainment. I love it. It is, Uh, isn't it? They have uh, monster truck car crushing, uh, drift cars. My son, he's seven. He loves drift races. Really? He's mad into drifting, Um, which is a good thing. Mm. Uh, I think it's
0: the coolest thing in the world, going sideways in a car.
1: Absolutely. This is going to get a welded diff in it. So yes. this is going to get get drifty. This is going to get very drifty. It's going to be like Frankenstein amalgamation of um, muscle car, um, mm. drag racer, and drifter. Okay. Which will probably make something that's utterly useless, as I'll be using it. To yeah. Go to sounds work in sounds unusable.
0: Yeah. In the real world, but very cool nonetheless. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to my quiz. Go oh, yes. Because yes, it's sorry. not very quick fire at the moment. No, no, it's really bit. slow fire. Old cars or new cars? Old cars. If you hire a car, what do you
1: most dread the hire car company giving you? A small car. Anything small with a small engine. Hateful, horrid, tiresome, annoying, buzzy. Chevrolet Spark. Oh, oh yeah. I think that's about the lowest of the low. Although
0: if you get a really, really bad car, it's sometimes fun to just It just sort transcends of badness. Drive it.
1: Yeah, just just misuse it a little bit. You just have it on the rev limiter the whole time and yeah. don't slow down for roundabouts. Yeah, you maybe don't use the
0: clutch. Um, you you lack mechanical sympathy with hire cars, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you when you actually stand on a vehicle production line, the ones that get a sticker on them saying they're going to a hire company, you can actually hear the cars scream. Well, they're going to get misused anyway, so you might as well
0: Go misuse out with style. it. Favorite car chase sequence. Oh, ah, bullet. No music uh, in, in that sequence. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. I think the hubcap, There's some fact, like five hubcaps fall off of the four wheels yeah, on the charger or something. Yeah, there was a lot
1: of hubcap, or hubcap action there. What
0: car or vehicle did you have on your bedroom wall when you were a kid? I didn't. Didn't? No. Did you have girls or trains? What, you mean something? like posters on my bedroom Yeah, like wall. a poster.
1: I had pictures of spaceships. I had a motorbike. I had a, an old Thruxton for a while. Man. Mm. No, no cars.
0: Okay. If I bought a car, what could I buy that would make you most disappointed in me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bal's Mondeo. Oh, I might buy that, you know. No! <laughs> I might buy that. that He's needs uh, to be
0: crushed. Bal's a mutual friend of ours who's been running a Mark II Mondeo for many, many, many years. With it misfiring constantly. It's a bit of a heap, but he always talks he about getting rid it. of it, but he never does. Yeah, he crashes it occasionally. And it never quite gets written off, remarkably. But just because it's always been with him, I'd be so sad to see it go. So what well, if you do buy, I may it, for buy that? May buy that one
1: Because I mean, it will need fixing. Mm. I don't particularly want a too much. I don't think it'll need a lot. I don't lot of like seeing fixing. cars get all right in know, a set of spark plugs and coil packs, and it will be well away. Yeah, you might have blown the catalyst up by now. In fact, you probably will have blown the catalyst up. By now. They're becoming rare cars now. That's because, because nobody wants them. Rare means nobody wanted it.
0: Yeah, but then a point comes where everybody wants it. Because it's got rare. Like Austin Princesses and Morris Marines See, they're interesting now.
1: Allegro's, everyone wants an Allegro. I've I've been involved with Allegro's many times. And the Allegro Estate, I think, is one of the best styled cars ever. I I think it's one of the worst styled cars ever. I'm gonna go for an overtake. Doing an overtake. Wow,
0: that's a good amount of push there. For a 500 quid car. Nice move.
1: Um, 25 to the gallon. I'm laughing. 25 to the gallon? Yeah. So what you actually get? Yeah.
0: Well, I must say I am enjoying the Jag. It's got really comfortable seats. Proper J, what do they call those? The those J-gate. J-gate gear.
1: Which is very nice. So like gear we're selector. coming up to a, a 90 right corner here on this. Yeah. And this is a very dangerous corner. A lot of people crash here because it's a lot more severe than it looks. Mm. So I can use the J-gate there. I can just drop a cog there. We'll get some just engine Drop down to third I think there. Second Into there. second. There. And then I can just and turn it. Just
0: drift hit the apex nicely. and he's away. And we we'll come up to a, the double hairpin there. So not out of seconds yet. We've got a right,
1: bang, sideways hit the there. apex. The police-aware tape there on that tree where someone crashed and, the and we're straight through, you see. It's That's the beauty big. of the J-gate. Manually shifting an automatic gearbox is a good thing. Everyone should do it. For. Cars have a lot of gears these days, don't yes, they? I saw an calming. advert for a Jeep. I think they had a nine-speed gearbox. There's two main technologies about at the moment. There's eight-speed front-engine rear-wheel drive gearboxes and nine-speed front-engine front-wheel drive gearboxes. And it's to make the engine work in a very narrow rev-band range, where we can make the engine very efficient, so it's all pulse-tuned to so work really well at that limited range so we get absolutely stonking fuel economy. Mm.
0: I had two cars at one time, and in in total, the number of gears that I had was seven. (laughs) I had a three-speed auto and a four-speed auto. Lovely. Um, and, And yeah, I had fewer gears than like a modern Jag would. Yeah. So
1: what's your
0: next project? What are you doing? Um, Well, I'm hoping to do
1: a lot more TV, actually, because it was very entertaining. It's a good laugh, isn't it? It is. And also, uh, I've got to do a lot of engineering that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. Where else can you go and shoot holes through a uh, Isuzu in a Mexican desert? There's no other job that would let you do that. Not not really. really. Or be taught how to drift cars in the mountains of Fukushima. It is
0: fun, TV. You'll never put anything on TV, or you'll never want to put anything on TV that isn't interesting. Therefore, if you work on a TV show, you pretty much only get to go to interesting places Mm. or to see interesting people. It should be said there's an
1: enormous amount of standing around waiting involved with it. Mm. I think it's 95% standing around waiting and 5% 5 panic, (laughs) which apparently is much like being in war. 95% boredom, 5% terror. So, bits of TV, uh, any builds coming up. I'm looking at making a high-performance wide-bodied Porsche for someone. I'm going to have a chat with him tomorrow. Wheel arch extensions, wings, Mm -hmm. really tune it up. Proper race car, but for the road. Okay. So, that's going to be an interesting discussion. That sounds like fun.
0: Do you like Porsches? No. Do you like Ferraris? No. Do you like Aston Martins? Yeah. But I'd modify it. Do you like new Aston Martins?
1: Yeah, they're all right. They're very, very capable, but a little bit dull. But you can do a few modifications and make them much more entertaining. Do you find it hard to like
0: certain types of car because of the image that goes along with them? So if well, you think, think of a so. typical Lamborghini owner or Ferrari owner, they might be. I'm sure well, they're a lovely. People yeah, with who own a lot them, of Ferraris,
1: it's all about image. It's know? all about image, yeah. And that's not about the car and just mm. think well what's that all about a Ferrari is a perfectly reasonable car nothing really wrong with it I mean the old ones were a bit road but current ones nothing really wrong with it but as soon as you get into a, a Ferrari and drive down the street everyone will look at you and think you knob yeah I think Lamborghini is slightly different because Lamborghini certainly the older Lamborghinis were quite eccentric they were a reaction against Ferrari so they're kind of a bit more rebellious yes yeah I think so the, the current Audi Lamborghinis, maybe less so.
0: But the Countach and Diablo and all that kind of era. It just annoys me every time I get in a Diablo because I don't fit in it. But that again is part of its charm. I suppose. It's the not being able to see out the back, not being able to fit in it. Oh, isn't everything impractical? Hasn't it actually got a really shit dashboard? Hitting two pedals at once because they're too close together. Yeah, I think that's part of the fun of old supercars. How do you feel about xj 220s
1: Oh, the supercar that could have been. I think it was briefly the fastest car in the world, Yeah, for a week or something like that. Mm. That could have been handled a lot better. I remember seeing the concept car with the V12 in it at the NEC Motor Show. Yeah. And years later, I ended up working with one of the people who was... uh, building the engine for that, it was actually turning the engine, Right. and they accidentally seized the engine on the test stand a couple of <laughs> days before the NEC show, so the car I actually saw had a seized engine in it, but that wow. would have been a, an amazing thing, but there was a political reason it went from the V12 to the V6, and I think that was, that's a shame, and I, mean. I think they should have continued developing it and pushing it, but as yeah. soon as it came out they, they farmed the whole thing off to Tom Walkinshaw to build and run as a separate project and wash their hands of it. And then it never really got any investment to go any further. It could have kept going like the Countash or the Diablo did, you know, getting reinvented. Yeah. Yeah. Special editions and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I think it was an opportunity lost. Yeah, and it was was British as well, and it would have been nice
0: to have at the time something British that was up there with the uh, fastest
1: and the most yeah. outlandish. But now we've got McLaren, of course. I was driving an MC12 4C the other day. And mm. M- 12, 4, MP, c- MP, MP 12, 4C, 4C? MP 12, c yeah. Stupid bloody
0: they should have called it the uh, Persephone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's a really lovely car. It's very easy to drive around town. And then when you find a little bit of road, you give it some beans and it handles very well and goes like a rocket ship. That's got quite a small engine, isn't it? Is that a six-cylinder? No, four-litre V8 four litre. turbo. That's it, it's a small, VA, four yeah. VA. What, it's a small V8, four-litre V8. still 800 horsepower or something.
0: Twin turbo? Yeah.
1: How do you feel about turbos in supercars? They can work very well. Our modern turbos have not got a huge amount of lag on them, if you do it right. Yeah. I've done a lot of things with turbos over the last sort of 15 years, really. The technology's moved on enormously. It always amazes me what you can get out of a turbocharger you can get great big turbos
0: that will give you a thousand horsepower or 500 horsepower or absolutely and then you bolt two of those on and it's remarkable that this little device can
1: can give you that much boost well what you're going to remember is that your ordinary piston engine is an air pump and what it does is you suck air in mixed with fuel in the right ratio mm-hmm. set fire to it so you get a bang uh, and use that to push the pistons down and make the car go along the amount of power you get out of an engine is purely dependent on how much air you can put through it yeah so you can make the engine physically larger to pump more mm-hmm. air through it mm-hmm. which is good or you can put a pump on the front of it like a turbo or a supercharger which mm. pumps more air into it same result I've heard you
0: mention jet engines a couple of times ah, in the past. Yes. You and Ronan, who is also featured on Supercar Mega Builds. you guys seem to have a real thing for putting jet engines in things, and I've heard you talk about doing milk yeah. floats.
1: And... Yeah, well, we've got an interesting contact at the moment. There's a bloke up at Bruntingthorpe who's offered to lend us a very high-powered jet engine. Lend you? Yeah. He said he's always wanted to put one in a car but never known anything about cars. Yeah. I said, well, we do cars. Uh, but we haven't had access to a jet engine. Are they very hard to get hold of? No, they're reasonably easy to get hold of, but getting one that's in good condition, maintained correctly, and with right. all the controls to make it work, yeah that's the trick. So I'm quite excited about this opportunity.
0: So you've oh. got an engine yeah. and you just need to figure out
1: what you could do with it. Have you ever seen the jet cars, the drag races at Santa Pod? Yeah. They're yeah, really yeah. fast, aren't they? Yeah, The engine we're talking about is roughly five times more powerful than those. Wow. Is it five times bigger? As no, well? it's a later generation and it's a much more efficient engine. So that came out of a plane, I'm yes, assuming. a very big plane.
0: Do you like the idea of putting outlandish engines like that in something completely inappropriate.
1: Oh, absolutely. Inappropriate vehicles, I think, is is a good thing. Not only putting engines in places they don't belong, and a lot of my career has been doing that when you make prototype or experimental vehicles for car companies. Which means that whenever you see a nice engine for sale and you think, that's <laughs> a great engine, and you think, there's a the nice car. Well, okay. Why don't we put that engine in that car? That'd be awesome. I really want to put a Griffin V12 into a, a Series 3 Jaguar XJ. So not this one that we're in not right this one, now, the, the one, one before, before. It's, Yeah which were quite heavy cars were about 2 tons but you can take quite a lot of the weight out of that quite easily and I can make space for an engine that weighs 900 kilos a Rolls-Royce V12 oh, right. aero engine from the second world war it's called so the like Griffin a Merlin engine it's like a Merlin but bigger bigger than a Merlin yes a Merlin's 24 liters yeah the Griffin was 36 liters wow I mean, I've seen
0: Merlin or Merlin slash Meteor engines in, in yeah, a
1: few cars. Rover SD1 and of course uh, John Dodd's uh, famous car. was that, a Ford or something? It was a Holden, I think it was. It was a Holden. With all the, the headlights. Got, yeah. Got too he many had, headlights. Yeah, he the thing up with, he got sued by Rolls Royce because he put their grill on the front.
0: And it wasn't a Rolls Royce, right? Yes. So that was a 24 litre essentially engine from
1: Spitfire. Yeah. Um, and you want to take bigger an even product. bigger engine yes. and bolt it in the car. I've done the diagrams, I've uh, worked out the dimensions, I just need to find uh, an engine for sale at a reasonable price.
0: And then I imagine you take it to the longest airfield you could find and see how quick it can go?
1: Possibly that, I'd love to do the speed trials at Bonneville or something like that. Yeah. Having been involved in various land speed record things, it gets really addictive and I, I really want to do the Bonneville Salt Flats. Mm. But basically, if I had that car with a 36-litre V12 in the front of it, I would use that for the school run, quite frankly. <laughs> and it would be gallons the to the mile, not miles to the gallon, But I worth imagine. every single gallon that you pour yeah. through it. I think you should do it. Mm. I'd love to. I like the sound of that. I just need the money and the time. Would
0: you have to do something to stop it from taking off? No. no. no well, yes. Because, no. I mean, you
1: could do... 200
0: easy and something like that in theory, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, aerodynamics is absolutely fascinating. The whole thing about if you want to go really, really fast, you need something to be slippery, which means you don't have downforce on it. So what you need is a, a heavy vehicle mm-hmm. to hold it down. Yeah. So you see a lot of the ultimate land speed record vehicles are very heavy, but very slippery. As soon as you start yes. having to put a wing on it to keep it down there, you've got drag, and then you don't go as fast. Right, okay. So it's a very different discipline to making a racing car. It's fascinating. That is interesting.
0: Well, shall we head back home? Shall Why we, not? Uh,
1: thank you very much for the chat. Well, it's See been you. my pleasure, and it's uh, mostly it's been my pleasure just to drive this car around, actually. It's been my pleasure just a passenger in this car.
0: You wait till you've got this thing turboed up.
1: Ah, uh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be sideways all the time. That's the you? dream. Mm. Sideways is the best way to make progress. Just ask a crab. <laughs>
0: Ralph there with his Jag XJ6. It's definitely a cool car, that. And if you're interested in finding out what he ends up doing with it and you want to hear more from Ralph, he is at Ralph Hosier on Twitter. And that's it for this podcast. Big thanks to Ralph, who is brilliant. I noticed today he left me a comment on last week's episode on podcast.com, as did a guy called Franco. So if Franco's listening, thanks to you too. hope you managed to catch this one as well. So next week I'll be back with another podcast and I'll be riding what I'm sure is going to be the oldest car in this series. It's over 80 years old. If you want to email me about anything, just to say hi. Or if you're a wealthy Nigerian prince who'd like my bank details, my address is jamesmotormouth at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.